Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Healing with Excellence podcast, episode number 16 with your holistic health expert, Kimberly Miller. I'm so grateful to be here with each of you today because the topic is going to be about heart complications and high blood pressure. So I see a few hundred people per year at my holistic health practice to help them with what they could be missing, what their body could be being exposed to, or what could be happening neuromuscularly in their body that could actually be causing an imbalance with their heart rhythm, their blood pressure, and possibly other organ systems that they're um, frustrated with various symptoms that they've been dealing with without getting answers. So years ago, about 14 years ago, I was having heart issues. I had bradycardia. My pulse was less than 50 beats per minute. When I wore a halter monitor, they actually showed that it would actually stop for like a second or two in the middle of the night and would actually drop into the high 20s, low 30s. And I was told that I was so fit that my heart barely had to pump. Like I was Lance Armstrong, Lance Armstrong. And I was fit, but I was getting all these other symptoms like swollen lymph nodes, post-nasal drip, dull chest ache, peripheral neuropathy. I'd went to the ER a couple of times by the recommendation of my physician, So I'm like, how could I be so fit and there's no problem with my heart, yet I'm getting all of these other symptoms and had like orthostatic hypotension where I was, you know, getting lightheaded and extremely low blood pressure. And then I learned later, uh, I I did have an ultrasound uh, guided stress test. I had a leaky heart valve, mitral valve prolapse, uh, you know, some things that they say is just common for people, but I did not have that before. So I was like, something's happening. I'm doing something that's creating this. And then I learned about SpectraCell Labs, a lab out of Texas that you could test micronutrients. And when I got my micronutrient test done, I learned that I was low in several B vitamins and coenzyme Q10 and vitamin C. And each of these things actually impact the vitality of your heart. And I did not realize that things like calcium, magnesium, potassium, and sodium all regulated the electrical system. You know, our whole body is running off of what our nervous system is telling it to do. And the heart needs specific nutrients to work correctly. Just like if you have, you know, your car has to have gas, oil, and water. And if it's missing one of those things, it's not going to work effectively. It doesn't mean that your car is, uh, you know, like broke down or part of the lemon law. It means it's missing something that it needs. Well, I started learning that our body is like a machine, a little bit more complex than an inanimate object. But if you know what that machine needs and you give it what it needs and you take away what it doesn't, then the body can normalize itself. So when the cardiologist several years ago told me we're just going to watch it and I'm like, okay, what am I going to watch my heart fail? I decided to take matters into my own hands and just keep seeking to find out what I was doing to create an imbalance in my heart rhythm. And over the course of a couple of years, I completely healed my heart. Now my heart beats normal rhythm between 65 and 70 beats per minute. I don't have a dull chest ache anymore. I do not have neuropathy. I no longer have a uh, post-nasal drip and I no longer have swollen lymph nodes. So everything over the course of a couple of years healed. Back at that time, some of you know from previous podcasts that I was also diagnosed with chronic Epstein-Barr virus. So some of that swollen uh, lymph node and sinus issues were related to that, but they were kind of all feeding off of each other due to the stress my cellular system was feeling. 
where I was unknowingly doing things that were stressing my nervous system and the, the functions of my cell. So, or my cells. So I wanted to just share with you just to think about a few things. So let's say someone's getting heart palpitations or uh, like arrhythmias, their heart's out of rhythm. The majority of time that that happens, the person is either eating too few of calories, not enough quality foods that actually help the body function, or they could be eating toxins or like maybe drinking a couple Red Bulls each day or some kind of energy drink or excess caffeine, things that deplete nutrients from the body, things that keep you full and suppress your appetite where you don't get in enough energy, or maybe they even dehydrate you. So the heart has to have minerals such as calcium. You have to have iron. You have to have potassium, sodium, magnesium. And again, you have to have, you have to be hydrated. So if you are missing any one of those nutrients or you are not getting enough calories, the fuel for your body to help each of your organ systems work effectively, there's going to be a misfire in the system or the body is going to conserve energy and have to slow everything down or dysregulate in order to keep things going as best as it can within what we're giving it, the ecosystem that we're providing. So it's really important to understand that if there's an imbalance, you don't necessarily want to freak out. You want to start going into a solutions-based thought process. Am I getting enough calories? Do I understand how much fuel my body needs? So for example, if you research basal metabolic rate plus your activity, you'll learn how much fuel your body needs. And when you're consuming this fuel or this food, is it actually really food? Is it meat, potatoes, fruits, vegetables, butter, olive oil, that type of thing? Or is it, uh, you know, granola bars, cereal, sandwiches, Doritos, uh, ice cream cones? If the food that you're eating does not offer a lot of nutrients and it just has calories, the calories will not be as useful at helping to regulate your organ systems effectively. So if you happen to get blood work and you see your calcium is low, you could actually have high blood pressure or you could have an imbalance in the heart rhythm. If you see the potassium is off, the sodium, you're going to see the same thing. If someone is anemic, they could have heart palpitations or what's called tachycardia where the heart rate's running too high. If someone is low in uh, vitamin B5, they could have tachycardia, elevated heart rate. So if an expert that you're going to is not looking at the nutrients that are coming in or not coming in. If they're not doing a full micronutrient panel, if they're not checking into your mineral levels and addressing that, but then they're giving you other treatments like a, a pharmaceutical drug or like the, uh, you know, like the shock therapy to the heart or um, giving you an ablation, doing more tests, but without actually addressing the basics, they're actually leading you down the wrong rabbit hole that could actually cause a continued decline or a sense of false hope. Like, oh, I, I got this blood pressure pill to regulate my heart rate. Well, no, there's still an underlying root cause that caused it to dysregulate in the first place. And another really prominent factor in heart rhythm issues or high blood pressure is actually a neuromuscular compensation or a neuromuscular dysfunction going on within your muscular system in which the nervous system is sending the wrong message to the wrong muscle at the wrong time. 
So multiple times per year, I will meet with individuals in which there's a neck muscle that is having an issue and it's compressing a nerve such as the phrenic nerve in their neck that is impacting the communication between the brain and other organs, which can cause a change in your heart rhythm, your diaphragm function, kidney function, all types of different organs that could cause either your blood pressure to rise or your heart rhythm to be out of whack. And like for me, the bradycardia, when my heart was running too slow, it's because I was really eating less than 1500 calories every day. And my body was slowing down organ systems in order to conserve energy. There was not enough fuel coming in to pump my heart any faster than 45 beats per minute on any given day. And just like when I had digestive issues, the same thing was happening. It was all related to the total caloric intake. And again, even when I was eating healthy, I was still, it was like getting premium fuel, but never filling up the tank. So if you're also dealing with blood pressure issues, there could be a stress where you're not getting enough food and you're stressing your kidneys, you're stressing your organs, and they're telling you through the blood pressure. Or again, because you're not getting enough food, you're too low in your ingestion of your B vitamins or protein that helps uh, keep your heart valves very taut and strong and able to do their job. Uh, another big thing with blood pressure is consuming foods with too many pesticides, because when you consume foods like corn chips, corn shells, um, various sandwiches out, uh, French fries, different things that have a higher pesticide content, even salads like at your fast food restaurant, that puts a lot of strain on your kidneys when your body has to detox those toxins. And that also can cause your blood pressure to rise or an imbalance in your heart rhythm. So for clients that I've had that have either been to the hospital already and have not been able to stabilize their blood pressure, or their heart rate, or to their cardiologist, or maybe they're on three blood pressure pills and still not getting better. What I typically do is I do a full intake form about eight pages long to look at what other symptoms they're having and then discuss also like what is their current lifestyle? What are their current stressors? What are they eating? What are they not eating? What are they drinking? How are they sleeping? Uh, just basically assessing lifestyle habits. And then I also do a neuromuscular assessment to find out, is there something going on with the eye muscles, the neck muscles, something in the mid back that is impacting the neural communication and causing stress to the body or, or limiting the body's ability to communicate effectively with each organ to and from the brain. And so when you look at those neuromuscular compensations, and then you look at the daily lifestyle and you help the person discover what they're missing or what they are having that they shouldn't be having. And then that person makes the changes, like maybe they do a, a simple corrective exercise to help take the pressure off of their neck, or they uh, omit, you know, one extra cup of coffee per day or increase their intake of meat and potatoes or salt or decreasing the anemia. All of a sudden, over the period of time, sometimes extremely quickly, the body returns to homeostasis. You know, if I'm driving my car down the road and I don't have enough water in the radiator and it starts to overheat, again, it doesn't mean my radiator is permanently broken and I have to replace it or that my car is completely damaged as long as I don't keep driving it. Excuse me, when I pull over and I get more fluid back into the radiator, the car is going to go back to running normal unless there's a bigger problem that we have not discovered yet. So our bodies are much the same way. 
I had one client that he just worked outside for seven hours straight one day in the sun. He was in his 60s. He didn't stop to eat, barely drink any water. And the next day was in my office with some various symptoms. And I happened to have a um, tool called a heart rate variability uh, system that it's kind of like doing a um, generic ECG too. And when that came through, it showed that he was getting severe heart palpitations. They were so bad that I was actually going to drive him to the hospital, but he refused because he was someone that did not want to go to the doctor. But I asked him what he did the day before, and he explained what he had did for six, seven hours and not eating, drinking. And I explained to him because the heart is, you know, an electrical system and a machine, so to speak, that even though he was outside weed eating, weed eating, if he didn't put the gas and oil in that weed whacker, it wouldn't work correctly. And his heart is the same way that if you're out all day long in the sun, or even just out all day long period without eating or drinking, you're asking your heart to do all of this work to keep you alive without absolutely no fuel, none of the nutrients that helps everything do what it's supposed to do. So what I did for that gentleman, because he refused to go to the doctor, I gave him a cheat sheet of things to do to help stabilize his body, addressing calcium, magnesium, potassium, sodium, iron, protein, um, all these things that the body needs to help maintain homeostasis. And of course, hydration and rest and a, a simple corrective exercise because his neck had gotten very tight. I don't know if it was happening before or after uh, all of his yard work. But gave him the cheat sheet. His wife was with him. I said, if you see any symptoms or feel any kind of chest pain, you need to go to the ER. Well, they went home. They followed the checklist. He came back in two weeks later, did the same test, and everything was back to perfect. There was no palpitations. He felt completely different. The test results came back in a more positive light. So again, you know, in his situation, it had gotten to the point that he may have had to go into the hospital to address the catastrophic or the acute issue that was taking place based on his choices. But a lot of people are getting these vague warning signs all the time. Like I was having these warning signs of a heart issue prior to it getting so bad that I started seeing the cardiologist. So if you start getting, uh, you know, random readings on a blood pressure machine that so shows that it's elevated, or you start feeling a fluttering in your heart, or you're hearing the heartbeat in your ear, know that those are signs that you are missing something or you're overdoing it. And even though you might not want to change what you're doing or might be intimidated to find out the answers, it's really much more efficient to find out the root cause and work towards changing it because then you actually get a true positive result. You're addressing the root cause, you're changing the way you treat your body, you're providing a better ecosystem, and now you're going to get a better outcome all the way around. Because if you just rely on the blood pressure medication or the pacemaker or whatever you, you're told to do medically for the heart rate or the blood pressure, there's still going to be the underlying root cause taking place. And then that will start to attack other organ systems or give you other issues like chronic fatigue or migraines or erectile dysfunction or loss of libido. Different symptoms will start to take place if we don't address the root cause and we're just giving a pill, given a pill or a procedure to try to chase it from the, you know, the back end versus the front end. 
So I, I'm going to share a Facebook post that I did about this too, so that, cause I know everybody learns differently. Some of us, uh, you know, learn visually, kinesthetically, auditory, all of us are different. Sometimes we need all of the above. So I'm going to share a little link in reference to this that I shared in the past. And my main goal of this podcast was to just plant some seeds, give you some ideas where to look at. You could even research, you know, um, side effects of anemia on the heart rate, or you could research, um, you know, sodium deficiency and heart palpitations. And you're going to see that it causes all this. I had one client that had low sodium was in the hospital with palpitations. The doctor wanted to do that like electric shock treatment. I don't know the formal name, excuse me for that. So they, and I said, if they do that, it's not going to stick because you're still, you're low in sodium and they're not addressing the sodium. And, but they did the procedure and sure enough, it didn't work. And she was still low in sodium after the procedure. So I discussed with her and she was also anemic. So I discussed with her that we have to reverse the anemia and, and work on the um, low sodium. And for me too, I lived for 15 years anemic and nobody really know how to had nobody told me how to reverse it, but it is literally done with diet. And the simplest thing that most people can do, unless you have some kind of unique allergy is to increase your intake of grass-fed red meat and foods high in vitamin C, such as pineapples and oranges. So like one or two oranges a day and some more red meat or eggs will typically completely reverse anemia. And uh, just to give you a tip on that, a lot of people think like spinach and uh, beans and that are what you should take in for in increasing iron and decreasing anemia. And it's actually the opposite because there's two types of iron. One is called heme iron and one is non-heme iron. Heme iron is more from the red meat and the eggs and the non-heme iron is from vegetables. It's much less bioavailable. And when you ingest certain uh, vegetables such as spinach, or beans, such as uh, the beans, they both have an anti-nutrient that also pulls minerals out of the body. So you get a little bit, but then you lose a lot at the same time. Spinach is high in oxalates and beans are high in phytic acid. So they, you'll get a little bit of um, nutrition from those two options. But again, it can be like a wash because the anti-nutrients actually take things out of the body at the same time. And because the iron's less bioavailable, it's not really efficient at helping you reverse anemia. It also takes a lot more volume to get enough calories of spinach in comparison to having a four ounce piece of meat or some eggs. So that's a little side note there and actually a, a, a very um, important gem to understand how to manage or reverse anemia because multiple symptoms take place when the cells cannot get oxygen and when someone is deficient in iron. So your goal is if you have any questions about this is please email me at info at healingwithexcellence.com. If you, uh, anything, you know, frustrates you or contradicts what you've learned in the past that I've shared, again, please feel free to email me. My main goal is just to be an advocate and to give you ideas as to where to look as to how to help your body sustain homeostasis and for you to feel vital for as long as you possibly can. So reach out anytime, check some of the show notes I share here and uh, get ready to listen to episode 17. Thank you so much.